If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in store or online at menards.com. Save big money at Whether thou art a ghost that hath come from the earth, or a phantom of night that hath no home, or one that lieth dead in the desert, or a ghost unburied, or a demon, or a ghoul, whatever thou be until thou art removed, thou shalt find here no water to drink, thou shalt not stretch forth thy hand to our own, into our house enter thou not, through our fence break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Roberts, and Annabelles. I'm Dan. Hey, Dan. I'm Lindsay. Hello, Lindsay. Happy New Year. Hello. Happy New Year. The, Thank God. Yeah, the first Scared to Death uh, that'll be released in 2021. I know. A whole new year of scares. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. That's the that's the goal. That's the Ho- plan. Hopefully it's a year of scares that exist in this space and this space alone. Yes. That's you know what, what I mean? That's what I was referring to. Yeah. yeah. Scares here. Uh, I knew what you meant. I just... <laughs> Hope I, that the rest of the world... I feel like I need to say it because if you put anything else out into the ether, Lord only knows. <laughs> uh, kicking off the new year with some uh, new merch. Got a sweet 80s style scared to death retro logo tee in the store now at yes. badmagicmerch.com. Super cool. I saw your notes on that, that you liked it. I like it. Uh, and then contact store at badmagicproductions.com for any merch-related service questions you have. Mm-hmm. And then a donation announcement. Yay! First donation of the year. Yeah, first donation of the year. You know, we did, this is new for Scared to Death, but, you know, we at Bad Magic Productions give 20% of our total Patreon monthly gross to charity. That's right. And this month, given a little over 11000 uh, we'll know the exact amount soon. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is recorded early. Yeah. Uh, to the Riggins, Idaho Volunteer EMTs. In honor of the passing of my grandfather recently, uh, Ward Hall, um, a man who was, you know, more of a father to me than a grandfather, very special guy. And when he and when he died in his home, the local volunteer EMTs, very, very kind and compassionate to my grandma, Betty, uh, to my mom, Charlene, who were there with my grandpa when he passed. And my grandma never asked for anything. Never. Uh, but she asked me to donate to the kind men uh, and women who received no money to help transport yeah. the sick, the injured, the dying uh, to the hospital over 45 miles away in Grand. Right. It's no small journey. Nope. And, and, th- and this money will go a long ways to allowing them to continue to help, you know, those who live and around Riggins, Idaho, other people like my grandma, uh, where there is no hospital and there are no doctors. So mm-hmm. thanks for letting us do that. Roberts and Annabelle's and everybody else. Very cool. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, how many stories do you have today? I have two stories. Uh, pretty juicy. Um, my first story 
the setup is going to make you think that this person is a Darren, but I swear to God, she's not. I swear, I swear, I swear. And uh, and then on our second story, like a very bizarre uh military-esque kind of thing. You'll see. It's okay. hard to explain without totally right. giving it away. Without giving away. I have um, atypically three stories today. Ah. Because uh, they're, they're, they're all related. Okay. It's, uh, it all take place along rural Michigan's Dice Road. Oh, dear. So I'll tell the first one. Then we'll have a break. Then I'll tell the second and third back-to-back as part oh, of So okay. it'll be in two chunks, but it really it's three different hauntings. Okay. Or different stories. I shouldn't say haunting. Uh, the first story is a tale of a supposedly haunted farmhouse, mm. or at least a one-time haunted farmhouse located at 19931 Dice Road, uh, full of all kinds of poltergeist activity when one family was living there. Okay. And this it's very interesting. Uh, the second tale is about another haunted home that's literally just Two miles away, almost exactly, almost to the foot, uh, 17993 Dice Road, the former general store of a town that no longer exists, mm. maybe full of all kinds of poltergeist activity to this day. And in the third story uh, takes place just another two miles down the road uh, at the Dice Road Cemetery. Where the same ghost has been spotted over and over, the ghost of a woman who died, of course, a tragic death. And this ghost has been seen for almost two centuries now. Wow, that's so intense. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting sequence of stories. Yeah. I think there's going to be some uh, good stories to kick off uh, another year of horror. I mean, the only thing I'm, like, frustrated about is that, you know, I'm from Cleveland and, like, Michigan. Mm -hmm. There's that the rivalry thing. of the Buckeyes. Aye, aye, aye. Just kidding. Just kidding. Now, before we head to Michigan, I believe you have some socks and other gifts to talk about real quick. I do. I do. Well, first of all, look at these socks. They are hysterical. Can you guys really see them? Let me just really, like, get into that. Okay? Mm -hmm. Little ears. Mm -hmm. So cute. The best thing about it, thank you, Megan Skinner, <laughs> is that the company, I want to say it's called Uncle Weenie. Uncle Weenie. It might be Uncle Wenny, but when I first took him out of the package, I was like, Uncle Weenie socks? Probably Uncle Weenie. That's a fun name. That's pretty fun. I mean, mm -hmm. do you want to be Uncle Weenie? No. <laughs> just, I don't I'm think just... it's fun to be Uncle Weenie. Got it's kind it. of a fun name for a store, for a sock store. True. An uncle referred to as Uncle Weenie. That's uh, we don't well, like, like, wimpy, we don't want to dig into there. Wimpy, like Wimpy Weenie. I wasn't like, <laughs> thinking like a wiener. Okay, Uncle okay. Wimpy Weenie. Okay, still okay. weird. Then I, these are hysterical from my BFF Amy Rice. Mm -hmm. um, literal red flags, and she wrote on them like GTFO. <laughs> nope. Uh, I think <laughs> that was like total Darren, and yeah. there were a handful others, but the so actual funny. literal red flag was you killing me. Hold up a little flag. Nope. I know. Well, I don't know if you want to touch them because they're in a bowl of crystals. So, oh. ooh, mm. like, you, if you have bad energy, <laughs> keep it I'll, on that I'll side. I'll keep my energy over here. Yeah, and then we got this very, very cool scared to death ornament. I know that's awesome. It I mean, is, it's all good, but that's know, a very it, cool ornament. I, I want to say it's hand painted. I mean, wow. I don't know. It certainly looks like it on this super awesome. Don't you wish they had Christmas cards that actually looks like this? Mm -hmm. They, you know, sketched it together. That is so cool. But three friends who work together: Megan, Kim, and Amy. Uh, they sent us that. Oh, and, thank you. And they live in Michigan. So so much Michigan today. So much Michigan. So there we go. We've got a whole theme. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it, Yeah, friend. just a little bit of setup. Uh, we've talked about haunted roads on Scared to Death before, uh, at least twice. Missouri Zombie Road and then Ontario Canada's Texas Road. We have not talked about a haunted road quite like Michigan's Dice Road before, a, a road with much darker and uh, more documented history than those two previously explored thoroughfares. Uh, Dice Road has three reportedly haunted sites on it, 
And some believe a less than five-mile stretch of this road either is or has become some kind of paranormal corridor or conduit, an area where, for whatever reason, it's easier for spirits to, to access our world or stay in our world. Dice Road crosses a rural section of Michigan between the larger towns of Saginaw and Midland. Mm-hmm. And the haunted places we'll explore today sit just a few miles from the little towns of Merrill and Hemlock. The road only stretches for approximately 13 miles total. And yeah, and during that less than five-mile section, reportedly very haunted house, haunted general store, haunted cemetery. The haunted house on Dice Road is where a poltergeist reportedly began terrorizing the Pomeranian family in the mid-1970s. Their farmhouse located near the little village of Merrill at 19931 Dice Road. Uh, Harold Pomeranian built a home in 1951 for the family, the same year he and his wife Mabel got married. Harold and Mabel. I mean, come on. Those are the best old-timey names ever. I know. Ever. The perfect for a 1950s married couple. Unfor- it's like out of a sitcom. Oh, unfortunately, my mind just went to one of your jokes. Mabel! <laughs> uh, they quickly had two children, and for over 20 years, life with their family was great. All was good on Dice Road, and then, because this, it's, this is our show, of course, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, of course. Time now for the tale of Dice Road's Hell House. In 1974... Strange events began to happen to the Pomeranians. Pomeranians. Their name is so close to Pomeranian. Like, I, I already, it literally is almost exactly the spelling of Pomeranian, the dog. In, in my notes, oh. I already wrote Pomeranian dog. <laughs> For my phonetic spelling, it was uh, <laughs> Pomeranian behind it. So, because it's, it's a, I've never seen a name like this before. Okay. I'll Try, refocus. So, so just say it again, the correct name? Pomeranians. 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 It is P O. M-M-E-R-A-N-I-N-G-S. It's a longer last name. Oh, with a G. Or Pomeranian. Oh, my God. Uh, No, it's no. Yeah, there's no S. That's the plural version. But yeah, Pomeranian. 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 Got it. Okay, sorry. Okay, let's really. I'll start over. I'll start over. This is where the the spooks will. Okay, so so now I'll 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 reboot. Okay. Time now for the tale of Dice Road's Hell House. Uh, 1974, strange strange events began to happen to the Pomeranians. Events that will be witnessed by not just their family, but by dozens of others as well. Over 20 police reports will be filed based on Pomeranian family claims of concerning phenomena like loud pounding on the walls, disembodied voices, unexplainable fires. Numerous articles will be written in publications, not just locally, but around the world. And events began in the fall of 74. Uh, Halloween that year, Harold Pomeranian called the police to report that his family had been woken by a loud and continuous pounding that seemed to emanate from outside on the walls and windows of their home, a pounding that began at around 2 in the morning. Two deputies sent out to investigate. The officers heard more of this pounding for themselves and were not able to determine where it was coming from. Oh, that's weird. They reported that they did not see anything or anyone moving around the outside of the home at the time the disturbances were heard. The pounding stopped after around an hour or so, and the deputies left the area and then came right back the following night. Because the next evening, around the same time, more pounding heard again by Harold, his wife Mabel, and their two young grown sons, Dwayne and Terry, who both still lived at the family home and worked at the family farm. Again, all of them woken up, and again, no source of the sound can be found. No footprints found in the muddy lawn outside where the pounding seemed to originate. No one saw anyone running towards or away from the house or anyone lurking about the property. And someone should have been seen uh, had anyone been there because the house is way out in the middle of rural farmland. I'll show pictures later where other houses nearby are few and far between. Mm -hmm. Not many places for someone harassing the family to run off and hide. 
The strange pounding returns the next night, third night in a row. The family again hears knocking on the windows, the window frames, all on the walls of the east side of the house where it's also uh, where it had also originated the previous two nights. And again, noises last for around an hour. Terry describes it uh, later as being very loud, impossible to sleep through, like someone took their closed fist and just slammed it against the walls and the window frames with force over and over and over again. The police came out that third night again. They find nothing. Uh, This continues night after night after night. According to a recent interview with Terry Pomeranian, Pomeranian, for six months straight. Every night for six months? Six months. Get the fuck out. So many unexplained auditory disturbances. Uh, There were so many, the local sheriff's office ended up putting a home under 24-hour surveillance for a few days without the family's knowledge in order to rule out the strange activity being the result of some kind of domestic turmoil, some kind of plea for attention, some kind of, you know, I don't know, prank, for lack of a better term, that the Pomeranians were putting on themselves, some kind of hoax. And they find nothing. No turmoil, nothing suspicious ever witnessed. The only thing witnessed is further paranormal activity. Unbelievable. During this six months of continuous pounding, reports also begin to come in about other sounds. The louder and more disruptive sounds of explosions begin to accompany and sometimes replace the sounds of pounding. The Pomeranian family and some of their neighbors are hearing what they say sounds like dynamite being blasted. On January 6, 1975, a police report states that some officers from Lansing spent the day performing surveillance at the home, monitoring the home for new reports of these explosions. A deputy writes that he, they hear 13 blasts, uh, he and another officer, between 1.50 and 3.48 p.m., and they cannot determine where these blast sounds are coming from. Numerous witnesses will report not only hearing these explosions, but feeling them. Feeling what it felt like, like the home rumbling while they're hearing these things. They say it feels like bombs are going off underneath the house. A large crack actually forms in the ceiling of the kitchen during one of these audible explosions. Terry and a few others, including a few deputies, uh, a few deputies also watched the family refrigerator be like bounced, like jump up off the floor uh, as a result, seemingly, of one of these spectral explosions. In a January 21st, 1975 article published in the Saginaw News, some deputies discussed sleeping in the house for several nights as part of a period of two weeks worth of 24 hours surveillance, more surveillance, to try and figure out why all this is happening. And then they start to hear new sounds. Now they hear voices. Mm-mm. Officers report that they hear the first name of the owner, so Harold, come drifting down from somewhere, quote unquote. In the same article, police say that um, even when the electricity and gas are turned off to the home, the pounding and sounds of explosions continue. Around this time, another officer will apparently witness, and this is crazy, uh, a clock in the living room come up off this table, fly through the air into the kitchen Uh -uh. where it circles around Harold, Uh -uh. flies back to the table and returns to its original position. And they continue to stay in the fucking house. Terry said this officer was white as a ghost and speechless for several moments after witnessing this. On yet another occasion, while numerous guests are over at the Pomeranian home one evening, including a few police officers, a deep male voice is heard by all present, a voice threatening to kill Harold, then threatening to kill his wife, Mabel, and their son, Dwayne. The voice seemed to come from somewhere around the air conditioner. No one can figure out how this voice is being heard uh, you know the only explanation seems to be something of paranormal origin the Pomeranians local law enforcement all do their best to explore any and all possibilities that might explain this in some other way they can't come up with anything nothing reasonable so many strange occurrences the pounding the explosive sounds the angry disembodied voice 
in another random occurrence, a canine unit dog refuses to leave the squad car when it's brought to the Mm-mm. house. Only Mm-mm. time this dog has ever done that. In a 2016 documentary uh, of all these events called A Haunting on Dice Road, The Hell House, numerous former investigators speak to believing that what they witnessed years ago was truly paranormal in origin. They just can't dis- see any other explanation for it. The police even had a family take polygraph tests. Uh, all four of them, they all passed with flying colors. Uh, the lie detectors always work. No, we know now that they don't. But they do seem to indicate here that at the very least, the Pomeranian family believed that what they were telling the police was true. Yeah. And again, they're not the only people who are witnessing all this. Uh, Terry and Dwayne, Harold's sons, uh, 19 and 21 years old when this is going on. Mm-hmm. They even started hiding out in the nearby soybean fields, you know, on the family farm right outside their house, right past the edge of the yard, uh, you know, staying up late, hiding in the fields, waiting, trying to see somebody mm-hmm. come do this to their house. Somebody pound on the wall. Some explanation for this. They find nothing. They stay up till four in the morning, numerous nights, find nothing. Uh, paranormal researchers from universities as far away as Switzerland end up wow. investigating. Duke University's parapsychology team gets involved. The owner of the Detroit Tigers Major League Baseball team funds the uh, the Duke paranormal or parapsychology team to come out. He wants to know what's going on. How weird. Various ghost hunters travel to Michigan, do their best to determine what the Pomeranian family might be dealing with, how to fight it. None of them are ever uh, able to offer any help. Almost all end up believing, like the family and local law enforcement, that whatever is happening is indeed paranormal. The Duke University team will conclude that all of the disturbances are paranormal in origin. Catholic priests come to the home, perform cleansing rituals. Unfortunately, according to Terry, all they do is make the hauntings worse. Uh, During this investigative period, fire is then added to the mix of disturbances. In early 1975, a professor from that Duke University parapsychology team flies out, stays with the family for a few nights. Shortly after arriving in the home, he goes to take a shower. Then he interviews Mabel in the kitchen while the rest of the family is in the living room. And suddenly, they all smell smoke. It's coming from the guest bathroom. Mm. They walk in to find that the towel the professor had just used to dry off with is somehow completely engulfed in flames. How? They don't know. The very next day, there is another fire in the same bathroom... Jesus Christ, what was that? I don't know. God dang it. (laughs) I I thought it was like rustling papers or something. Oh, I started to hear something and then your scream pushed me over the edge about a heart attack. Well, that's what I was going for. Oh my God. I have no idea. I guess we'll we'll maybe find out after the show. That was, yeah, that was something fell in this room. No, no, nothing's on the ground. I don't know. It sounded like something falling. My God, that really was... Maybe that was Joe messing with us. That was, if it was, well done. Because my heart's pounding now. It's probably your grandpa visiting us. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I don't, he, he's a prankster. He, he it, I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. What Ooh. was that? Um, okay. So I have no idea where I am. What? But that was so weird. It was such a specific sound. I thought it was... I thought you were dropping your book for a second. It was, it was like yeah. rustling papers. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. 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 We're going to mm-hmm. refocus. Fire. Fire. Fire, fire, fire. Woo. Okay, then. Okay, so so the next day after that towel is on fire, there is uh, more smoke has smelled. Uh-huh. Uh, the family runs to see what's going on. It's come from that same bathroom, and they watch allegedly a full roll of toilet paper just burn up to nothing in a matter of just a few seconds. Oh. The fire marshal comes out to examine the bathroom. He apparently tells the family that there's no way a roll could burn up like they're saying that they saw it burn. Right. It's not possible. They run tests. There's no residue of any fire accelerants found in the bathroom. Another mystery. 
the fire marshal actually writes in his report that the way the toilet paper supposedly burned up was, quote, humanly impossible. Uh, local law enforcement, again, baffled. Everyone's baffled. Why is all this happening? Terry Pomeranian suspects witchcraft. He says that. Why? And this is going to add a, another really cre- weird, creepy layer to all this, that some new neighbors moved in just a few months before they first heard the knocking sounds. In this mm-hmm. late summer of 1974 is when they started to hear them. A young couple and their daughter, and about five minutes after walking over to the Pomeranian family farm from across the street and, inter- and introducing themselves right after they moved in, the wife asked Harold if he was interested in selling their property. And he said he was not. He and his family found it pretty odd that she even asked that question. There was no for sale signs. There was right. no indication uh, that they were going to sell it. It didn't happen to come up casually in conversation. Well, and just right off the rip. Mm-hmm. They ran a successful farm. Uh, their property, you know, uh, it had been in their family for generations. The house was new, but the land had been in their family for a long time. Uh, the Pomeranian family, yeah, they found this very uh, unusual. They found the wife and her behavior or something about her to be unsettling. Mm-hmm. Soon, several neighbors mentioned to them that this new neighbor lady had ordered numerous books on witchcraft from the nearby drugstore, purchases atypical enough to stand out in a small Michigan town in the mid-70s, get the rumor mill really going. Mm -hmm. Also, Terry and his brother watched her perform what looked to them like various rituals outside on her property across the road on numerous occasions, waving her hands and arms in repetitive and unusual ways, had little things around her on the ground they thought odd, muttering what seemed to be some sort of incantations. The first few months this woman lived across the road, she came over and asked Harold uh, what he would sell his place for a few times. Hmm. And the last time, according to son Terry, uh, his dad got mad about that. And then she and his dad got into a, quote, heated exchange. And a very short time after that exchange, the first pounding sounds began. Hmm. Peculiar timing at the very least. Uh, then later 1975, less than a year after the new neighbors moved in, the Pomeranian family farmhouse experiences another fire starts again in the guest bathroom and this time it causes serious damage oh no the fire department has to come put out the flames by the time they're uh, done the bathroom has been completely you know burnt to nothing it's been completely destroyed the rest of the house suffers you know fire smoke and water damage the Pomeranian family has to move out. They have to, uh, you know, while dealing with insurance company, uh, the, the company to, re- you know, do the repairs. It's unlivable due to the fire damage. Uh, the house is then later rebuilt with insurance money, but the family's had enough. Once they're out, they never move back in. Oh. In 1978, they sell the home to Dave and Luann Larson, who have lived there now for over 40 years. They raised both their daughters there, and they've never had any trouble. So did that neighbor woman actually curse the Pomeranian family? Was the curse lifted once they moved out? Not only... (gasps) Jesus Christ! Sorry. Jesus Christ! When you scream, you scare the fucking shit out of me. Well, you you made... I know, these little dolls just fell over. Oh, my God. You are freaking me out. I'm freaking you out. I didn't make the dolls fall The down. dolls over. I go, uh, and then when you do that, like, movie, like a horror movie scream, it just, like, makes me want to jump out of my chair. Well, this Ooh. is what it's like watching a TV show with you. You're very jumpy. <laughs> True. Oh, my God. I don't know why there is nothing around those little... That was fucking weird. I don't like it. You have her back turned to us. Please turn her back around. Okay. That is... Oh, boy. It's going to be a long episode. Oh, that was weird because there's no, I'm, I know a little about Joe's attempts at booby traps and that one doesn't make any sense. Okay, that's fun. Fun, fun, fun. Okay, this story's almost over and then we'll be able to talk about this. <laughs> uh, okay, so not only did the Larsons not experience further paranormal activity, but whatever had haunted Terry and his family at the uh, 1931 Dice Road did not seem to follow them. 
No word on what happened to that supposed witch. Okay, and that's the end of the story. I threw my notebook. <laughs> Do you want to go grab it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You about uh, completely fell out of your chair there. While while we're while we're getting that's situated, that's gonna make for like a very funny when someone's watching this. I want someone to watch it without the sound on because I bet me just like <laughs> all Kramer. Oh, I'm sure Logan's gonna have fun with that for socials. Oh, sweet. And and by the way, these pictures, I'm sure there'll be video stuff that if you don't watch on YouTube, will be at the uh, uh, Scared to Death podcast. Man, what the hell is going on? Okay, yeah. <laughs> First picture. Okay, so this is just uh, I just I just went to Google Street View. And screenshotted this 19931 Dice Road. And you can see it's, you know, it's still farm country. Yeah, yeah. There's just uh, the yard right around. That's the the home where all this happened. And this is in the mid-70s. And then around them, I mean, it, it's a weird, it's a weird place for like little local hooligans to come and to mess with them. And to mess with them for that long is strange. There's so many strange. Sense. None of it makes sense. That'd be a very hard prank to pull off if you wanted to. And who's going to dedicate themselves to harassing them for like six months? Terry, in this one document or interview, said that at first their family actually thought it was this, you know, uh, kid from a family down the road. Okay. Who had asked to be hired for farm work that summer. Yeah. And I guess this kid had like a history of, I don't know, it felt like vandalism, whatever, just right, teenage right, stuff. Yeah. And they told him no. And he wondered if like that kid was pissed off. Mm-hmm. But even if that kid was, how do you pull that off? I, it seems impossible. Also, I have a question. I don't know if you know yeah. the answer, but. It looks like in the the bigger, the biggest picture, yep. there's the house kind of in the front. Uh-huh. I see like that little camper. Yeah. But then beyond mm-hmm. it, is that part of their farm? Do you see uh, that building back yeah, beyond? Yeah, I do. And I, and I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do see what you're talking about. I'm not sure. But uh, even still, like, I mean, like if I, somebody could run back there and hide, they would look. They I mean, would they look, were yeah. Stick, yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out proximity to other people. Right. There is like, you know, th- this picture is being taken from the road. Um, oh, man. I th- this Dice Road is the one that goes off away from us in this photo. And then the one closest to us that I got the feeling that that neighbor lady that was in, she was on like basically where the picture is like being taken side? from. Yeah. Behind that across the road. And when you look at, air- I look at aerial photos, there's just, you know, a little farmhouse here, a little mm-hmm. farmhouse there. It really kind of spread out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, more photos. I, this is the next one. It's a realtor app photo of the house and the property remodeled. Since it's, you know, initial construction from the Herald, you know, did. Mm-hmm. Uh, very normal looking house. Yeah, I was expecting actually more of like a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. It just looks like it could be in any neighborhood anywhere. Yeah. yeah and, th- and this is, uh, next one's a screenshot of Terry. Terry Pomerani, uh recently doing that interview where he, you know, relayed much of the information I relayed here today. Mm-hmm. And then this next picture is, I, I guess it's the neighbor lady. It's the only one I've heard I could find. Oh, she's beautiful. So she does look a little witch-like. No, that's uh, that's just a picture of a uh, randomly Googled witch. Uh, yeah, no, she was never named. Like, I don't that's know if it's because you. Terry, uh, most of the interviews come from him. There was other articles. Uh, he, he never references uh, her name. So I don't know hmm. if he was worried about, like, slander. Right. You know? so I, so I, Or maybe he's worried that if he says her name, well, she'll curse him again. That's actually a great point because if he actually believes that she is capable of doing that, why would you want to? Why would you want to stoke those fires? Oh, man. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's a big GTFO. Big red flag. <laughs> right. Big, 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 big. Are you staring <sighs> at your doll friends? Yeah, that was weird. I don't care for it. <laughs> that was so weird. I, I'm just going to hold on to some crystals. For anybody, for anybody listening, uh, you know, we, we as, they're, they're wonder like why these things happen in the serious notes. We, as, I assume, that sometimes... Joe has messed with, with, with but us. He's never confessed. He's never confessed. But one time I did find, uh, um, one time I found a fishing, like, uh, what is it? Fishing line? Fishwire? Oh, 
yeah, I don't know, my God, I'm blanking on the term here. My fishing line, right now. yeah, yeah, fishing yeah, line. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's not the term. I this is now I'm thinking of like on our show is we dumb. I have avid on my license plate and with fish. It's like avid Ooh. fisherman. I know, I know. And I'm like the avid fisherman should know uh, what he's talking about with his fishing. What's line. It's fishing wire. It's not fishing wire. Okay. But anyway, everybody knows what we're talking about. And uh, and I saw that. But then there's been other times where I'm like, ah, I really looked, and he's never confessed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know well, what's Millie, going on. okay. Well, what I think is interesting is Millie, the ghost that lived here before. Mm-hmm. I was talking to our resident witchy woman, Monique. Yeah, and I had never told her that my grandmother's name was Tilly, and we just had this conversation uh, maybe like a month ago. Where she was like, oh, yeah, I swung by the studio. I don't know if she came in with Zach or to pick something up, drop something. doesn't matter. She was here and she hadn't been here in a really long time. She was like, oh, your ghost lady is gone. I was like, oh, Millie. She said, oh, yeah. And then we just started talking. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I always wondered if it was my grandmother. What was her name? Her name was Tilly. She's like, Lindsay, how could you have never mentioned to me what her name was? She's like, of course it was your grandma. Like, it just made so much more sense. Yeah. So maybe your Papa Ward's coming to talk to us. Oh, man. He's such a little stinker. That is weirding me out. If he did that, he... Ooh, why is that ball shaking? I I know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Weird, weird, weird. Don't you don't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be weird. Well, it is weird for me. Okay. He would would be laughing hysterically. Probably. Yeah. If if I feel a little pinch on my bottom, I know it's Papa. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Uh, Okay, okay. Yes, okay. So the lady across the road... Why did she want his farm? That was like really bothering me. She clearly had her mm-hmm. own farm across the road. So to me, I was thinking like if she's witchy, yeah. you know, was it like some sort of portal? She felt some sort of pull towards that property. Like the closest she could get was across the street and then thought like, I'll trick him into giving it to me. I, I don't know. It just didn't make sense. What was she so obsessed with? She had her own farm across the street. And, I don't know. And if you're working with a realtor, I mean, Realtors can go and knock on people's doors. I mean, we see it now in this small town that we live in because it's growing so fast. Not that this is what was happening there, but realtors have been known to knock on people's doors and be like, hey, I have a client. They're mm-hmm. looking for a house. They dro- They really like the way your house looks. Are you interested in selling? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there were. It, my point is that it didn't have to be witchy woman. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then for her to be like kind of aggressive about it and then angry. Right. Can you imagine like our neighbors just walking over? Okay, just think about like, Gene and Paula yeah. walking over me like, hey, we want to buy your house. We're like, <laughs> no. And then they're pissed. Right, right, right. And then shit starts going haywire at our house. I know. That's a hell of a coincidence. Yeah. I don't. The fire things are particularly concerning because somebody really could have been hurt or mm-hmm. died. And then also the fact that so many people, so many law that, enforcement, uh, the whole family, it seems just like everybody, I don't know. Uh, scientists coming from Sweden or and there was yeah. details I left out too yeah Switzerland yeah and there was details I left out where it's like they did some kind of radar te- like like uh, used radar to see if they could determine the source of the sounds like yeah. they, the, they had like flyovers like there was a fair amount of uh, you know investigative work that went into what the hell is making those noises specifically for you know over half a year I'm just making sure that I'm like totally the, protected the investigation part was over half a year yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know hi yay yay Okay, you're, you're ready for uh, two, in my opinion, even creepier paranormal encounters that take place just down the street? I mean, I don't know, man. I've, I'm crystalled up. I just played, sprayed some cleansing spray. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, let's push forward. Okay. Before we move on to more scares, we do need to take a quick in-between story sponsor break. 
What is the most basic gift you have ever given the moms in your life for Mother's Day? Flowers, a candle, some random knickknack you picked up at the last minute because you completely spaced Mother's Day? I have definitely made the mistake of procrastinating gifts for Mother's Day. And then, like the Friday before, I run to whatever store is open and convince myself that, yes, yes, my mom does need another coffee mug that declares she's the world's (laughs) best. So lame. This year, how about one-upping yourself by giving the moms in your life an Aura picture frame? Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to any mom at any age. Aura frames connect easily to Wi-Fi and have unlimited storage so you can share as many pictures as you want. This year, as many of you know, I am on a spending freeze, but one of my carve-outs was meaningful gifts for the people I love. I don't want to give all of the moms in our lives something that won't bring them joy. We are giving Aura frames to the moms in our world because they are timeless, heartwarming gifts. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code SCARED at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are the things that weigh you down on a day-to-day basis? What kind of stress are you holding on to? Do you spend much of your day going over things in your brain over and over until they are so distracting it affects your mental health? Well, don't worry. You're not alone. We all carry different stressors, some big, some small. When we keep things bottled up, the results can be negative. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest without fear or judgment. It's a place to work through what is heavy on your mind and heart so that you can feel lighter and happier. I'm always holding on to something. It's the way my anxious brain works. I'm continually worried that I've done something wrong, that I've hurt the feelings of someone I love, and that I have let someone down. I'm stressed that I'm not being a good enough mom or wife. I panic that our life will implode at any given moment and it'll all be my fault. Thankfully, I have an amazing therapist who helps me talk through each of these scenarios. After each and every appointment, I feel lighter, happier, and more capable of showing up as my most authentic self. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash scared to death today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scared to death. Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. With the warmer, sunnier days calling your name, the last place you're going to want to be is in your kitchen, cooking, and meal prepping. Make your life easier with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factors Never Frozen, Always Fresh Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Think of all the extra time you will get outside in the summer sun when you aren't wasting hours in the kitchen. I think I speak for everyone when I say that the summer is the busiest time of the year. We are all trying to cram in as many things as possible, from concerts to vacations and everything in between. With Kyler home from college and Monroe on her break too, I want to spend as much time as possible with them. And while I truly love to cook, the summer is the one time of year that I'm the least interested in doing that for three meals a day. So I lean on Factor to help keep me healthy and in step with my diet. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime barramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time. Head to factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 and use code scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code scared to death 50 at factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, Creeps and Peepers. Okay, now ready for these uh, these stories. N- no, not much setup here. We'll just kind of get into it. A uh, little bit of setup, I guess. Just two miles east 
down Dice Road, almost exactly, possibly like almost to the foot from our last story, sits the old Iva General Store built in 1845, 17993 Dice Road, now a private residence. Uh, the General Store um, and one-time post office once belonged to the tiny town of Iva, a town that no longer exists, and it's said to be the gathering place for a community of lost souls who died from an outbreak of disease over 100 years ago. In the 1800s, at the dawn of the 1900s, the structure was a post office, general store, a place where farmers would come on Friday nights to do old-timey things like listen to boxing on the radio. <laughs> and then according to numerous sources, virtually the entire town perished when most of the residents died from a massive outbreak of smallpox. And to keep the disease from spreading, nearly the entire community was burned to the ground. Bo- wow, that's crazy. Bodies, clothing, several buildings, uh, even the church was burned. It was a very tiny town, but still. Still. Today, the former store, just about the only original Iva structure still standing, occupied by the Midcalf family and their granddaughter. Time now for the tales of Dice Rhodes, Ghost Town, and the lost soul of Anna Rhodes. The inside of the multi-level home was redone by Mike Midcalf after he purchased the home, and immediately when he began to remodel it, he started to notice some strange things. I would feel something brush up against my head while working, Midcalf said. One time when my power saw uh, and lights went out, I knew the wiring was old. When I had it redone, I still had these problems. Midcalf said the more he worked, the worse things would get. One night while sleeping in bed, uh, he and his wife both heard the washing machine downstairs begin like go off. His wife, Celeste, said she was not washing clothes, so Mike went to check it out. It was filling up with water, he said. Maybe not so spooky, if this was the only incident like this that ever happened, but it was one of many. Mike said the TV started going off and on by itself, the volume would go up and down, the washing machine, one, two in the morning, uh, would just start filling up with water. This happened over and over again. Uh, For years, the Midcalfs never told anyone about these strange occurrences, Mike said, because you know how people give you that look. Mm, Yeah. According to his wife, Celeste, uh, they would just brush the occurrences off, but after a while, we had to acknowledge it, she said. One time, she was washing dishes in the kitchen when she felt a presence behind her. She turned around, didn't see anyone there. But then she began, when she turned back around to wash the dishes again, she felt a cold, invisible hand grab her wrist. She said, if you're the lady of the house, just know I will take good care of it. And then the hand seemed to release her. There have been more disturbing phenomena than this. Mike and his family have found themselves unable to open doors that have never locked before. And they've seen black smoke begin to emanate from just nowhere in particular. Fuck that. Everyone in the family has had strange experiences in the basement. Feelings of something in the room with them. Feelings of being watched. Once Mike distinctly saw what looked like a shadow person standing behind the water tank. He felt certain there was the shadowy presence of a man watching him. There's a separate room in the basement that seems to be the epicenter of activity, according to the family. Micah said that this room bothers he and his family the most. He said, you can be feeling fine in the rest of the basement, but then you walk into that room, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. You know that something is in there. The Midcalfs no longer use that room at all. At first, they used it for storage. Then they ended up taking everything out of it one day during the day, and they locked the door so they would never have to go back in there again. That's crazy. There's another room on the main floor in the back of the house the Midcalfs now call the Room of Doom. Celeste says that most of her family's arguments have taken place in that room. She says it has a dark energy. Mike says when you walk in there, you just feel angry, hateful. You spend too much time in that room, the angrier and more hateful you feel. Mike and Celeste once lit some prayer candles in uh, uh, this room on one occasion. And when the candles were lit, they suddenly started to hear scratching sounds on the ceiling above them. 
They went upstairs to see what might be up there. They walked into their son Josh's old bedroom, looked into the closet. And in the back of that closet, there is another door that leads to essentially a second closet. That's weird. They peeked in there. They got so creeped out, they wouldn't go inside. Mm-mm. Mike says his hidden closet is where he thinks the scratching sounds were coming from. That He and his wife felt a real dark energy come from that little closet. They described it as demonic. And soon after this incident, their son Josh experienced something he felt was also demonic. Late one night, he was in the kitchen when the doors leading out of that room slammed shut. <laughs> locked him in. No matter how much he pushed on the doors, they refused to open. Then he claims the room slowly started to fill up with black smoke. Oh my God. He screamed for someone to help him. He was afraid he might suffocate. Then he began to choke and cough from the smoke before he passed out. Later, when he came to and opened his eyes, he found himself in bed. No smoke. No fire. Just a plate from the kitchen on his bedside table from his midnight snack the night before. He thought maybe it was all in his head. He goes to the bathroom to wash his face, thinking he must have dreamt the whole thing. And then he sees black, sooty grit under his fingernails, all over in his eyelashes. To him, this confirmed that what he experienced was real. Yes. And this was not Josh's first brush with the paranormal in the house. Oh my God, get the fuck out of this house. His first experience with something terrifying was when he was doing some laundry. Suddenly, the door to the pantry started to bang hard against its latch. Mm-mm. Like something inside, something big wanted to bust out. The Midcaps did not reach out and seek help after this incident. They did seek out after what happened to their granddaughter who was living there. And I spoke before and said that she was living there currently present tense. That is not true. She was living there. You're going to find out why she's not living there anymore right now. Because she's smart and she got the fuck out. She was very young. I don't care. Like first get out. grade. Fucking get out. <laughs> they, feel that they felt uh, that little Adabelle, while in first grade, began to be the victim of escalating paranormal attacks. Black smoke, mysterious footprints mm-mm, seemed mm-mm. to follow Adabelle wherever she would go. One evening, she woke up to a dark, shadowy man standing above her bed, hovering over her. Fuck They ended that. up calling the police about this, thinking it might have actually been an intruder. The following morning, her dad finds three claw marks behind her ear. Oh, my God. Another morning, she wakes up to find deep scratches across her back and her legs. Uh-uh. Because of this, Josh and Adabelle move out of the house. Uh, her father takes a job out of the area, and they never will live in that house ever again. Smart. By all accounts, Mike and Celeste Midcalf do still live there. <gasps> they do? The one has to wonder how much longer they'll be able to stay. Fucking get the fuck out of there, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Fair. Okay, that makes me so mad. And now this is now we're going to move down the street. Oh, God, there's more. Second story bleeds into this third story here. Uh, Mike and Celeste live almost precisely in the middle of the first haunted home we discussed today, uh, the Pomeranian Family Farmhouse, and then this Dice Road Cemetery. So it's this general store, and you go two miles in one direction. You get the Pomeranian House that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. You go 2.3 miles the other direction. You get Dice Road Cemetery. Two, four, six. The most widely reported uh, hauntings of any place around Dice Road center around, yeah, this cemetery. cemetery. Uh, all three of today's haunted locations, I mean, it is crazy, they found along a 4.3-mile stretch of this road. As legend has it, a lost soul wanders the forest hills around Dice Road Cemetery, the soul of a young woman who lived in the area about two centuries ago. The spirit has been reported as being witnessed by many people over the last 190 years. In recent decades, a variety of local law enforcement officers, again, uh, like with the first tale today, have went on record saying that they've seen this apparition. The story begins in the early 1800s. Many, many years ago, a girl named Anna Rhodes Fazio roamed the countryside hills of Saginaw County. 
Anna's journey to Saginaw County had not come from a desire to see the world or an excess of good fortune. When she was five years old in 1816, Anna was the only survivor of a fire that consumed her family's home in Italy. Her parents were burned alive. Only Anna made it out of the flames. Timid and shy, she sailed to America to live with her mother's sister, Stella Rhodes. Stella lived alone in the wilderness of Michigan, and Anna came to live the remainder of what would be her tragically short life in Osaganong, a word that later became Saginaw, which meant Land of the Sox, a nearby American Indian tribe. Stella renamed her niece Anna Rhodes, hoping it would help conceal the girl's troubled past. Mm -hmm. Anna was a quiet, sensitive child, adapting immediately to country life with her aunt. She made friends with the Sauk Indians that populated the land, and an Indian boy named Dark Hawk became her childhood companion. That's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. They played together in the forest. Dark Hawk showed her the sacred ground where his tribe buried their dead. Stella would ask Dark Hawk's mother, Singing Sparrow, to mix various herbs in a tea that would empower good spirits to protect her niece and overcome traces of wickedness that may be in Anna's blood. Why would there be any wickedness? Right, what's that about? Stella held the suspicion that the fire that had claimed her parents' lives had not been an accident. Oh? She had never liked her sister's husband, the girl's father, who had taken her sister from her family, whisked her off to Italy without a second thought, and when she'd heard her sister was dead, it seemed to make horrible sense to her. She almost half, she almost expected it. Hmm. Had Anna's father been mad, or was it something else, something evil? Stella gave her niece singing Sparrow's protective concoction every night at bedtime, telling her it was a remedy that would give her pleasant dreams. But it would not be enough to protect her. When Anna was 14, she developed a crush on a local lumberman named Jonathan Millerton. She would talk to Black Hawk about him constantly, wondering out loud what he was doing, imagining situations where Jonathan would come and rescue her. Black Hawk, who'd been Anna's childhood friend and thought of himself as her protector and likely had romantic feelings for her, I'm sure, began to grow tired of hearing about Jonathan, and their friendship soured. Over the following three years, Jonathan courted Anna, and then they got married. Hmm. And shortly afterwards, uh, Anna's aunt Stella died. Anna's world was rapidly changing, and it was 17 when she married Jonathan on a crisp spring Michigan day in May of 1828. Shortly after they wed, not long after her only local family member had died, Jonathan was called to sail uh, away on the the Great Lakes on a voyage for the lumber trade. The lonely days after his departure were spent preparing for his return. Anna fought off feelings of loneliness and despair by dreaming of their future plans. While Anna waited, while she now lived completely alone deep in the woods, Something strange started happening. Anna didn't know if it was her mind playing tricks on her or something else. She noticed that the white curtains in the house that poured in sunlight during the daytime became some sort of two-way mirror at night. With a candle on in the house and the darkness outside, anyone could see through the curtains, could see her alone in the house, but she couldn't see them. She only saw the curtains, looming and ghostly, dark figures crossing back and forth outside of them. As night approached... Anna would start to see strange shadows, hear sounds on the other side of this immense white curtains. The night seemed to press in around the room more closely than was normal. By the spring of 1829, her husband still away, on work months after departing, she began to hear voices as well. She wrote in her journal that the empty corridors of her home, Forest Hill, were filled with the laughter of mostly invisible children. (sighs) She wrote about seeing a child padding down the stairs, and when he turned, the light of the fire caught his smile and glimmered against his teeth, and then he vanished. Fuck, man. She also saw a vision of her husband Jonathan in a chair, laying curled in a colorful quilt that Stella had knitted for him, and when she approached, he vanished. She wrote in her journal that mysterious voices were beginning to call out to her. Mm -mm. She wrote of how she knew in her bones that she was not alone in the house. 
She could feel movement where it shouldn't be, hear voices where they shouldn't be. Why was this happening? Was it all happening? Was she imagining any of this? Was her home actually haunted? In the summer of 1829, with Jonathan still gone, a storm swelled in the deep of night. Lightning flashed, and Anna, waking up alone in her bed, now saw a strange shape in the corner of her room. Oh, boy. It looked like a man, but she couldn't quite see its features. A shadowy apparition, like the one Mike Midcalf would see in his basements down the road almost two centuries later. She wondered, was it Jonathan? Was it Darkhawk? It seemed so real. She believed that the figure could have been either of them, and yet it wasn't either of them because Darkhawk was away as well. Night after night, she wrote of the strange shadow figure returning to her room. Anna became terrified that Jonathan would somehow find out about the figure and think she was having an affair. That a neighbor would report seeing a strange man in her bedroom. She wrote in her journal on October 8th, 1829, Jonathan, my love, I care for him not. You must believe that yours are the lips I crave. I fear that I can no longer tame Dark Hawk's pursuit. He waits for me, veiled by the darkness of night. He comes for me while you are away. My love, I am ashamed for what has been done. My sorrow great. I cried for you, but you did not wake from your sleep. I beg your forgiveness and know you will come save me. I wait for you to wake. No one has ever been able to figure out what she means there by the waking, the wake. As it would turn out, her fear regarding Jonathan returning and being upset with her for this dark visitor would soon be irrelevant. On August 12th, 1830, Anna receives news that Jonathan's ship has sunk, killing everyone on board. Jonathan is dead. Young Anna, only 18, is now completely alone. In a delirium, Anna writes in her journal, I leave not my home, but I enter into it. My lover leads me there. I shall go to the forest. I shall go to the shed. Oh, boy. I leave not in sorrow. I cry not for my lost love. My lover calls to me as darkness sets in the sky. Mm -mm. Her lifeless body is found two days later, on August 14th. She was found hanging from the rafter of the small shed near the back of the Dice Road Cemetery. Fuck. Before she took her own life, she sealed her journal in the walls of the shed where it was found later. The small building remains there today. According to local lore, it has not been torn down because her ghost protects it. 65 years after her death, a late 19th century ghost hunter named Howard Tripp would stumble upon Anna's journal. Tripp took particular interest in Anna's ghost, making an in-depth case study of her haunting. He wrote, The ghost of Anna Rhodes Millerton remains in the forest because she has unfinished business here. I believe she is trying desperately to tell me how to help her find peace. I am afraid that I will never know the secret meaning in what she searches for. I can only hope that someday she will find peace. And it doesn't seem that she has found that peace. Her spirit allegedly continues to be encountered around Dice Road Cemetery. A woman named Sadie recounted her story on a on a forum about her father, Mike, running into Anna in the 1980s. Mm-mm. One night, Mike had to work late on one of the construction sites along Dice Road. He was supposed to deliver some supplies, but got held up. And by the time he was ready to leave, it was close to midnight. Mike only lived a mile or so down the road, and he decided to walk home. Ooh. When he got close to the cemetery, he saw a woman in a white dress near the gates. Uh-huh. He felt creeped out, but he didn't want the lady to think he was a, a wuss. So he kept walking. When he looked at her again, they were now only about 50 feet apart. Oh my God, Mike. And she saw him and she beckoned him to come closer. Her mouth was moving like she was speaking, but he couldn't hear any words. There were no other sounds, nothing to muffle her words. He wondered if she wanted him to come over, why was she speaking so softly? Or why was she not speaking at all? Now too freaked out to care what she thought about him, he walked away quickly, got back to his house, feeling a little shaken, but was glad that he'd made it out of the strange encounter unscathed. So he thought, 
When he entered the kitchen, he saw a glowing ball of light pass in front of him and float into the living room. Uh -uh. He wasn't going to follow it, but then he remembered that his wife was sleeping just a few feet away in their bedroom. He followed it towards their bedroom as it trailed down the hall, passed through the doorframe into their bedroom. Bam! (laughs) The door slammed shut, locked from the inside. Mike raced forward, then started pounding on it, but it wouldn't budge. He tried to wrench it open, and by all accounts, the cheap wood should have given in to Mike's strength, but it did not. Mike? Mike, is that you? His wife emerged not from their bedroom, but from their daughter's bedroom. Ooh. She told him she'd felt something odd that night before she went to bed. Something about their room. Something telling her not to go to sleep in their bedroom. Hmm. So she'd gone to sleep in their daughter's bedroom. As if hearing them discuss this, the bedroom door swings open now on its own. Mm -mm. No apparition comes forth, but a cold blast of air shoots out of the darkness into the hallway. They didn't get any sleep that night. And a few months later, Mike had a different job and moved his family to a different town. Way to go. And there are other tales like this. A young local man named Jay posted the following. I grew up in the Hemlock area and heard the stories of Anna before I actually saw her. I was around 10 years old when I first saw her in the woods around the cemetery. I'd been riding my bike down Dice Road, glanced towards the cemetery. She was standing there in the woods, staring at me. I wasn't afraid because she seemed sad or lost and was very pretty. She looked transparent. People say ghosts are white, but she was a light blue, pinkish type color. I've seen her several times since. When I was a kid, I took friends there to see her, but they claimed they saw nothing. Hmm. It may sound crazy, but after you see something like that, it changes you. It makes you aware of things that you never thought were real. For some reason, Anna doesn't allow a lot of people to see her. I'm glad she chose me. She is not evil. She has never appeared to be anything but calm and gentle. Did young Jay remind Anna of the good time she spent with Darkhawk as a child? Is that why she seemed kind to him? Did Mike remind her of the husband who abandoned her early in the marriage for work, never to return? Is that why she seemed angry and scary to him and his wife? Was she jealous? of their happy marriage and their child, a child she never got to have. We'll never know. Just another Dice Road mystery. Are all of the three locations we discussed today simply strung together by happenstance and coincidence, a sequence of a sequence of unfortunate coincidences, coincidences giving rise to a haunted reputation for the entire area? Or is there something rotten about Dice Road? Is the soil sour? Does the dark energy dwell in this area? And if so, what else is it currently infecting and that's it for that one i think it's i think it's the road i think it's like that whole fucking area Isn't that weird a little 4.3 mile stretch i was thinking six miles because you were like two 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 but it was like two this way and two that way right exactly but in my mind i was getting to six because i'm good at math <laughs> and i was thinking six 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 like i was already oh, yeah, you know spiraling out <laughs> let's a few more pictures okay. of these last two this first one is a picture of the, the current mid-calf home. Okay, come on. That's so cute. It is super cute. This is the old Iva General Store. Okay, now I wouldn't want to live there for sure, mm-hmm. without a doubt. But if we were going like on a road trip and we mm-hmm. drove past that, I would think like, oh my God, how sweet. Let's yeah. go in. Let's buy something. Yeah, yeah. A little converted, yeah. you know, old used to be General Store. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the next one is a creepy nighttime pic of the Dice Road Cemetery. Oh, that is fucking but all cemeteries, you know, for the most part, pretty creepy at night. Feels like there's something out there. I know. I I, I think it might. You know what? I will say what you're seeing out there that it, that was circled in another uh, photo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To me, it's just like that's probably. I'm, I'm assuming it's a tombstone. Or I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But it is weird. But I know what you're talking about. Uh, this next one is a, a photo. Another one of the old Iva General Store. 
Okay. Oh, wait. Is that the same? Oh, maybe that's just a different <laughs> angle. <laughs> just different angle. Same, same. Um, yeah. And then uh, a bedroom uh, inside the old general store home, just to give you a feel for the inside of the house. I thought this was creepy. Just kind of the way it, it's set it up. It is a creepy room. Well, it's the light, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's the way the light's coming in. And the placement of the mirror. Right, It's a very right. big cross. So I feel like, is that cross so big because they're a uh, strong Catholic or Christian or whatever? Or is it... A protection mode. There is a... Was mo- that just you making a sound? I just moved in my... I was. I started I to... Like a- Jesus, what is going on in here today? I don't know. That was that one was me. Okay. Um, yeah, that was not me. I did leave out other details just to kind of like make it more of a narrative. You yeah. Know? But for that last thing, that or second to last, the general store, mm-hmm. um, this one ghost hunter in the area, mm-hmm. uh, he thinks that maybe something has to... Do, or like, you know, part of the reason for their hauntings is that couple, the mid-calfs, they like to collect a bunch of weird, like, old, creepy kind of antiques. Oh, you're asking for it. So, you know, like, if you believe in the possibility of attachments, yes, there could I be do. something brought into the house. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, have they ever had that house prayed over, exercised? Have they really? They almost mm, seem like the kind of people who are like, this is kind of fun. I think, I, I well. Are they a little bit of a Darren? Maybe, maybe a little bit. They might be. Like, I, they seem I, to, I, can, I mean, they're still there, right? right? I, I watched another interview with them, and the, uh, oh my gosh, now I have to like go back through and look her name, but the, is Mike Midcalf? Oh, Celeste. Mm-hmm. Celeste got uh, emotional a little bit when she talked about her granddaughter no longer living in the home. Like that, yeah. you know, when her son and granddaughter took off, that really bummed her out. And, obvi- and, and like she, she felt horrible for not being able to help this little girl. Mm-hmm. Other than that... I got the feeling, even though they didn't outright say it, that they kind of like it. Yeah, maybe they like the attention. And then that always, like, when you're that kind of person, then it makes me wonder, if you're not claiming yourself to be a paranormal enthusiast or someone who's seeking it out, but you're still continually speaking about what's happening in your home, I think that you're just an attention seeker, and I don't know if I believe everything you're telling me. Mm. You know, yeah. It, maybe you're like, oh, oh, people are interested in me. People are giving me attention now. This, the son also was interviewed. And, yes, and but he... I'm saying like now, like things that are still happening. Are oh, they still happening? Oh, got it. Like maybe some things really happened, mm-hmm. but uh, they like the attention that they mm-hmm. got from it. The... So you're gonna keep the story going mm-hmm. and maybe add deals. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Do you want to borrow a couple of crystals or a cross? Nope. I'll, I'll get my little squishy, a little unicorn today. I don't think that protects you from fucking anything. It's fun to squeeze. There is that. Do you want like a, a rabbit's foot or? No, I'm good. There's some pyramid oh, things in there. Them. I'm good. They haven't helped us today. Do you want Do you want an iron bracelet? Nope. Do you want an evil eye bracelet? I don't want any of your stuff. Hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe I'm just going to spray some stuff in your direction. How about that? <laughs> like, okay. Can I like try to keep you safe? <laughs> that's very aggressive spray. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, that's it's good. hard to, to get a spray across, <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? Fine. Fine. Do you want my amulet? I have so many things to offer you. What a creepy mood in here today. And I know. I feel like my left shoulder, I'm just like, what is going on? I don't so care. It started for it. with that first falling sound, and then it's. And the, I know and then what? the dolls, what's going on? The here? first sound freaked me out the most. Honest, I mean, I know I jumped harder for that because there was a bigger reaction to a, a bigger thing to see, but. Excuse me, that first sound freaked me out more because I'm like, well, what was that? Yeah. There's, there's no evidence. For the record, it was not me. Get out of here. No, I didn't do anything. The first time, the second time, or both times? All of it. No. None of it was me. Really? Yeah. Promise? Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Fun. Okay. <sighs> well, are you ready to just keep going down the fucking rabbit hole? Yep. 
Okay, for and. Uh, okay, this, so this story, I was, you know, sorry, I just have to figure out which one I can keep in my hands to keep me safe. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, buddy. One of us has to be smart. Um, the the fir- <laughs> I hear them laughing out there. Uh, okay, so this first story, I'm, mm-hmm. I was, was referencing it earlier about this woman. So she grows up in this childhood, in her childhood home, and there's a potential haunting, mm-hmm. potential, and then later as an adult, she has the opportunity to move back into her childhood home, and she does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, like, we could kind of be like, okay, Darren, like, are you going back for more? But there's more to it, as there there often is. Um, but I, I just think it's so good. And I, I was just curious, like, do you think that a spirit can be full, solely focused on one person? So as to say, let's say that there was something in this studio. Okay, let's just use this as an example. Right. What if I could see it, but you couldn't? Like, do you do you think that a spirit, if we're just like open to all the possibilities, sure. can they control who sees them and who doesn't? I guess why not? I mean, if we're going to be open to so many other things, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess you know why not be open to that as well? What a weird thing then. Like, just that would be terrible. Well, is that spirit just, out for you? Because then it would just read so strongly as mental illness, and right. like how terrible if you're not mentally ill, but you are being. T- oh, that is that is a new nightmare. You're welcome. That is a new, fun, horrible thing to think about. That you can see this terrible... In my brain, I was picturing the girl from The Ring randomly. Oh, okay. And yeah, I just keep seeing her pop up. That's an easy go-to. And, and nobody else sees her. That is not fun at all. Mm-hmm. But what if it's something sweet? Okay, fine. But then I would still be like, oh, are you seeing shit? Are you okay? Like, I, maybe you're not freaked out, but... I wouldn't be freaked out, but I, oh, yeah, I'd be worried about my mental health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready? I am. All right, here we go. She says, starting out by saying, my husband and I love your show so much. We listen to this podcast every week. Thanks so much for doing it. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's jump straight in. My dad bought my childhood home, an old house, when I was a young child. I thought when I was a child that I used to see a red-eyed monster in my closet. I would make sure the closet door was shut before going to bed each night, and I would wake up to it being open the next morning. There were also weird sightings that my brother, my stepmother, and I occasionally saw. There was an old lady apparition in our house, and she would stand in the hallway at night between the three bedrooms, walking back and forth between the rooms. All of the rooms were side by side and at the end of the hall before entering the guest room. All rooms were side by side at the end of a hallway before you would enter into the guest room. As I grew older, I moved in with my mom, and I forgot all about the weirdness that happened in that house. Many years later, my husband and I had our first daughter. That same year, my dad retired. He gave us a great option of turning my childhood home into our new home because he had wanted to move out to the lake. Immediately jumping on the chance to have our rent be just $700 a month for a three-bedroom house, we absolutely said yes. My husband, my two-year-old daughter, our dogs, and I moved in. Three years of odd occurrences began when we moved in. It started out as weird breakfast smells emanating in the house in the middle of the night. Our dog Beast would randomly wake us up by barking and growling at the hallway at 3 a.m. We always passed it off as nothing, and we went on like this for the first year. At age three, our daughter officially moved into my old room while my mother-in-law moved into my brother's old room. I turned my daughter's closet into a baby room for her baby dolls and noticed a string of rosary beads above the door on the inside of the closet. I immediately called my stepmother and asked her why they were there. She said that when I was eight, I started having horrible nightmares and I would wake up with scratches and bruises all over my body. I had told her it was the red-eyed monster in my closet. She brought in a preacher to bless the house and he told her, 
and he told her that he had blessed the house, but to keep the rosary beads hung above the closet door just to be safe. (laughs) My nightmares went away immediately. I didn't remember any of this. And as an adult and being a scientist, I'm not heavily, heavily religious either. So I left the beads there to satisfy my stepmom and my mother-in-law, but I called bullshit. Once my daughter started playing in the closet and sleeping in the room, she started having nightmares. Frequently, she would sleep in my mother-in-law's room. It wasn't until we started having more occurrences that we thought it might have been more than just our three-year-old's imagination. One night, my husband and I were lying in bed when we saw the arm of an old woman open our door and then slam our door shut. Uh. We thought we had maybe had the TV on too loud and went to apologize to my mother-in-law, but she was sound asleep. It couldn't have been her. My daughter was also already in bed, and so it couldn't have been her either. We started waking up at night to the sight of an old lady in the hallway and hearing her going up and down the steps at all hours of the night. My mother-in-law even mentioned her once and started shutting her bedroom door before she went to bed. We decided we needed to get the fuck out. We found a new house, but the last month before we moved was the craziest month of our lives. One night, while I was at work and my husband was at home with our newborn asleep in our room, we have two daughters now, a crazy encounter with the old lady occurred. My husband suffers from sleep paralysis sometimes, but this episode was so different. He saw the old lady walk through the door of our bedroom, creeping up on him ever so slowly. He said he he couldn't move at all. He tried to scream, but no noise came out. When she got closer, her face morphed into that of an old woman with rotten teeth and a gaping wide mouth. She held him down while she smiled an evil grin. He was audibly screaming now, but still couldn't move. Our eldest daughter, now five, ran in to wake him up. She jumped on the bed and was shaking him. The old lady mechanically turned her head to stare down our daughter. At this point, my husband is screaming and crying in his sleep. My eldest is trying to wake him up. The newborn baby is screaming. Quite the scene, really. My mother-in-law, my mother-in-law woke up from all the noise, ran into the bedroom, and smacked him awake. <laughs> The old lady he saw was gone, but everything he dreamt was absolutely a reality. My daughter was shaking him awake. My mother-in-law was there, and the baby was crying. The dog was barking. The door to my daughter's bedroom then suddenly slammed shut all on its own as he awoke. We, We had two weeks to go until closing. Those last two weeks, my dog, who usually slept on the couch, slept right in front of our daughter's room, almost guarding it. On one of our final nights in the house, I kept hearing whispers in my daughter's room. I went to check on her and found her Paw Patrol walkie-talkies clicking on and off as if someone was using them. What's weird is that only one of them was on. I threw them away immediately. My daughter refused to sleep in her room anymore and slept with her grandma until we moved. Two weeks passed by and we finally moved into our new house as my dad moved back into his house as he and my stepmother had divorced. Our new house is perfect. No occurrences, no weird feelings, no dog growling. Our daughter sleeps in her room, no problem. But about a month after moving out, my dad texted me and asked me if anything weird had happened while we lived there. He said he had started smelling breakfast at 3 a.m. He said one night he swears he saw an old lady walking the halls. He also said that things left in my daughter's old room had been moved around even though no one had touched them. I told him what had happened to us, but he said he would be fine because God has his back. I'll never go back into my old room or my daughter slash my daughter's room ever again. So happy we moved before things got worse. Sincerely, Kayla and Stephen from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Kayla and Stephen, thank you. 
Man. What do you? Nah, I am. I. This is the most creeped out I've felt during an episode in a long. And I. And I did not. Feel Are you having a cre- hard time focusing? Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I was not creeped out at all when when this episode when we started recording. No, not at all. I was in a great mood. I'm yep. tired, but in mm-hmm, a good mood. Mm-hmm. And then from that first crash on, and then it's like plus the dolls, plus just the stories themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm plus, a little. Plus I, your I, papa hanging around. Oh man. Well, I mean, I guess that's good if he's. I mean, whew. I, I just think, like, I was planning on staying in the studio by myself tonight. Coming home? Maybe. <laughs> good. I'm feeling like a little bit of a baby. Okay, good. I hope you come home because I am so tired mm-hmm. from just, like, we've obviously had your grandfather's funeral this weekend, and mm-hmm. it was just so, like, I'm so zonked. Yeah. I'm very emotional. I'm very on edge. All the things that just happened here, these stories, I'm a fucking wreck. Like, I'm trying not to cry right now. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll work at home. Thank you. <laughs> Yikes! Okay. Yes. That was a creepy fucking story, too. It's super fucking creepy. The, okay. Because I can also appreciate, like, um, okay, the house that I grew up in, not at yeah. all. Well, I shouldn't say not at all creepy. There was for sure something in that house when I was growing up. And I remember talking to my mom about it. There was, like, a whole situation around it. Yeah. And I, I'm 99% sure that my mom brought our pastor over to bless our house because I was so fucking freaked out by our house. I was certain there was something in the basement. Certain of it. Why the always the basement? I know. Why, though? I mean, I do. Okay. If... I know why if you're going to go with the angle of there are no ghosts, that all this yes. stuff is just, you know, imaginations. It's just the darkest part of the house. Right. It's, it's down in the dirt. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, graves are in the dirt. We just have a lot of, like associations. Uh, caves are like the unknown. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's valid. On, on that level, it's a very creepy part of the house. And right. then I don't. But then, God, I don't know if there's some other. If, if you go the other explanation, I don't even want to know why. Well, I think like, OK, in our house. I don't want to like. I, I, I don't. I don't want to say too much about just like my family's history, but there was a closet in our basement that had a lock on it, and there were. There were I know that's where a gun was stored, and I just often wondered. Like, I never. I don't recall ever feeling anything until that gun came to our house. Like or, there was something attached to the gun. Yeah, or like maybe it was used in some nefarious uh, sort of way. I mean, I don't know because my parents weren't gun people. It's a whole a long, haunted gun. That's an interesting thought. Well, it could be. I mean, like, what if that gun was used to commit a suicide or a right. murder-suicide or a murder? I mean, just anything with a terrible ending other than, you know, hunting, sure. which it was not that kind of gun. I mean, it was a handgun. Yeah, it was a self-defense gun. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. Um, but but my point is, is it's like, okay, if I think about my childhood home and in some weird scenario, we live back in Parma Heights and we and that house is available, like, of course, it'd be kind of fun to go back to your childhood house if mm-hmm. you had good memories there and it was, you know— accommodated your family it's like i totally get why kayla wanted to go back sure we just talked about keeping my grandparents house uh in the family you know Absolutely. like that like, and then there's that creepy cellar there uh, that's, that stone that cellar, cellar doesn't creep me out at all oh, i don't well. feel anything down there go down there and i'll turn the lights off on you okay, okay. That, that's how good it feels down huh. there okay well the it, house does have good energy the house has great energy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh, man but neither here nor there so i can see why she would go back right so that's why i say she's not a darren yeah but if you're in bed and a old that old lady showed up in her childhood, it showed up to her and her husband, shows up to her mother-in-law. It clearly her her daughter saw it, and her father then sees it. And it, from the way she wrote the story, I take it as that she wasn't telling her dad what was going on while mm-hmm. they were there. What's the deal with old ladies, by the way? I don't know, fucking bitches, man. That <laughs> was the old lady spirits. Yeah, I'm, kids and old lady spirits. I know. Well, no, I, you know that's not true. It's there's older. It's like shadow dudes, shadow man, hat man. Yeah, because you know, shadowy dudes, dudes are fucking shady. <laughs> okay, 
Okay. But <laughs> yeah, sh- shadowy dudes and then old ladies and then uh-huh. kids. Uh-huh. It's never like the ghost. Well, of it's like always a, a woman in a Victorian outfit, you know, like the white mm-hmm. outfit with the high collar. I guess there's all kinds. Because I was going to say, there are, was, but there's I, just some tropes that are yeah, common. I was, about, I was about to say, like, why can't it just be like a hot. Yeah. Young lady. Oh, I was thinking of a hot young man. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can have Cabana your hot, boy. Yeah. Hot cabana boy. I'll have like the, my hot, like, I don't know, cabaret dancer or something. Ooh, like, nice. Yeah. Just what popped in my head. But then there also is scary versions of that. There's like the seductress, like the, um, the, yeah. uh, the, succubus, you the succubus and the incubus, you mm-hmm. know, so there's all kinds, anyway. there's all kinds of horrible things. I love that you're picking up your book. You're ready to be done. No, I'm, I'm just grabbing my, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, I, I feel like, uh, the second story. I'm kind of keeping up with this family theme. Mm-hmm. These stories really kind of fell into my lap. And this is in Kentucky. Um, and, and we're going to explore the idea of families being connected across distance in a totally different way. Okay. Um, I, I think it's kind of fascinating. My One of my oldest and best friends, Rafal, it's so weird with him. Anytime I text him or he texts me, yeah. I will have been thinking about him within the most like five minutes. Okay. And yeah. I, and every time I'm like, hey, I was literally just thinking about you. I was in the middle of writing you a text. Like, do you think the people can be connected in that way? Like, it's mm. not like I was like hoping that he would text me. I just thought like, oh, I need to like share something with him. Yeah. And then I'll text me. He's like, oh my God, I was just texting you. Like, why does that happen? I don't know. And it only happens to me with him. Huh. What's that about? I don't know. Do you think that there was like, do you believe that you can be like cosmically connected to someone? I, I've never, I've never thought about that before. I don't well, know. You're gonna think about it fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Hey, Dan and Lindsay, love the show. I can't decide if I'm a peeper or a creep because I listen willingly and happily, but I get the shit scared out of me weekly and instantly regret it. <laughs> My story is kind of odd, but I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. Okay. So a little backstory to make all the points connect. I'm very close to my mom and my grandmother. For the first few years of my life, my mom and I lived in the deep south with my grandparents while my mom got back on her feet after a nasty divorce. They still live in the same house that my mom grew up in. As a child, my mom was convinced that the house was haunted by multiple spirits. Southern ghost stories and spirit acts are common talk where I'm from, so these experiences my mom had as a child and the ones that happened to me as a small child were written off as good family tales to tell at gatherings, but nothing more. An example of this would be, my mom had reoccurring nightmares as a child that a little girl lived on the top of her bedroom closet. The girl had drowned and would talk to my mom about the drowning. My mom was fucking terrified as a kid, but as she got older, the nightmares were less often, but she still remembered them vividly. When I was a toddler, my nursery was in her old bedroom. Mm -hmm. My mother and grandmother claimed I would stand in my crib, point to the corner where my mom saw the little girl and say, Sisty, Sisty, Sisty. We named this little friendly ghost Sisty, as in sister. Uh And as far as I know, she's still there to this day. The closet where she is is always having things go missing and there's always a wet spot on the ceiling. Anyways, I digress. These kinds of paranormal coincidences that have the three of us, me, my mom, and my grandma, all experience as a trio have become more common as I've gotten older. I'm almost 20 now, going to school at the University of Kentucky. Despite the distance, I'm still extremely close to my mom and my grandmother. 
I call them weekly, and it happens often where I call or text them and say I was, and they say I was just picking up the phone to call you. Also, when I'm particularly stressed as a physics major in the AROTC program and working a job, stress is abundant. One of them will almost simultaneously call me, or t- they will simultaneously call or text me saying they wanted to make sure I was okay. Mm-hmm, so almost to say mm-hmm. like they can feel her energy. Yeah. Right. A sixth sense, if you will. Now, now that the backstory has been covered. I come to tell you the real story. Next to my dorm, there are these two very tall abandoned dormitories. They are filled with asbestos and scheduled for demolition, but have a large courtyard between the buildings with trees and a sitting area. The area is extremely overgrown, and the whole courtyard seems very post-apocalyptic Hunger Games kind of vibe. (laughs) It is also unexplainably quiet. If you've ever been to a college town, you know it's never actually quiet there. However, no matter what is going on, this courtyard stands silent. No birds, no insects, no city sounds, no student sounds, just nothing. It's very strange and has always creeped me out. But for morning PT, we have to be up at 0500 hours for first formation. And the fastest way to get there is through the courtyard. It's poorly lit, but a short enough walk that I didn't mind it until this happened. Before 0500 hours, I'm not really in the mood to socialize with other cadets, so I normally walk alone to first formation. It's not uncommon for me to see other people walking ahead or behind me, so when I saw a person dressed in all black walking across the courtyard, I didn't think anything of it. After a few moments, though, I realized I didn't recognize this person. I started to walk faster to try and get a better look at whoever was walking with me. Before I could get close enough, they turned the corner, and maybe three seconds later after they turned, I passed the corner, but they're gone. Not a trace. I knew something wasn't right. I couldn't, I knew I wasn't imagining footsteps because I heard the crunching on the loose concrete of the courtyard. I stopped and looked a little bit more, but I shrugged it off as a very creepy, but not something that should stop me kind of experience. I kept walking. Before I exited the courtyard, I heard the footsteps again. I turned around. And there he was. But now he was walking in the opposite direction of first formation. I checked my watch. It's 4.41 a.m. And because I'm a fucking idiot, I (laughs) yell out, Hey, wrong way! Thinking it's a first-year cadet who was just lost and would be late. Mm -hmm. Wrong. The man stops walking. He turns around very slowly, and as he does, I feel a sense of dread. It was winter and very cold, but I suddenly got so hot like I was roasting in an oven. I was sweating and panting, and I felt like I was going to pass out, and yet, I can't pull myself to look away from whoever or whatever was in front of me. We stay locked in this staring contest for a few seconds. It starts to grow, bigger and bigger, like it's moving closer to me, but it's not walking. It's more like it's growing and looming over me. I'm terrified, but also standing as if I'm ready to fight it. It's maybe five or six feet in front of me. In the dark, I can't see an exact figure, just a misty apparition with hollow eyes. It's like it's studying me, and I'm studying it. I can't explain the feeling, but it felt as though it was calling to me. I feel my mind resisting the creature as my hands, arms, and legs start to shake. It's freaking me out. I'm impossibly getting hotter and hotter and also more riled up as I feel like I have to go now or I won't ever be able to get away from this thing. I yell out, no, at the top of my lungs with all my might. And in an instant, it disappears. Immediately after it's gone, I feel infinitely better, but still drained of all my energy. 
I feel like I just run a marathon as I bend over to catch my breath. I check my watch and I see that 25 minutes have passed. I've missed first formation. I run as fast as I can to PT. I get there and get a proper chewing out from my sergeant. However, he stops and asks me if I'm okay. He says, you look like you've been through hell. Go clean up and then form back up. I go to the bathroom and see that my face is dirty. My hair is a mess. The bags under my eyes are dark and I look pale like I've been up forever. I splash some water on my face and feel my phone vibrate in my pocket. It's my mom calling. She is never up before 6 a.m., so I answer to make sure nothing terrible has happened. I answer, and she says, hey, are you okay? I tell her I'm fine, and she says, I woke up before 5 a.m. and felt something very wrong with you. Did something happen? Not wanting to let her or my imagination get the best of us, I just say, oh, something weird in the courtyard, mom. Interested, my mom, interested as to why my mom called so early, I ask her, mom, what time did you wake up? She pauses and says, 4.41. Weird. I was having a hot flash that lasted for almost 30 (laughs) minutes. Anyways, I was just checking to make sure you're okay. After we hang up, I go through my regular morning routine and take the long way back to my dorm after PT. Later that day, my grandmother also calls, and this is what makes my blood run cold. She calls me and tells me she had woken up very early and felt very wrong. She says she started praying the Lord's Prayer and asking for me to be protected. I told her I was fine, and she said, Oh, I know you are. The angels were telling me that it wasn't your time, and you needed some fighting spirits. I asked her to elaborate, and she proceeded to tell me, while she was praying, she felt something try to take me. So she asked me, so she asked my very spunky, take-no-shit, true-grit Irish ancestors to help me out. I'm convinced that my getting riled up and screaming no at that thing was because I was backed by the strength of my family. I know on my own I wouldn't have had that much spiritual strength or energy to fight it off. The courtyard is now blocked off because of an attempted suicide on the grounds and the impending demolition of the buildings. I've never felt that presence ever again. I now have a certain pride in knowing that the other side is watching out for me. The idea that they're watching over me so carefully because I've got stuff to do gives me hope for the Mm -hmm. future. I'm ready to make my family, both dead and alive, proud. So I won't be (laughs) fucking around with any hoodoo besides listening to this show. (laughs) All the best, Liv. Thank you, Liv. Wow. Bizarre, right? That is bizarre. Yeah, and then, yeah, and just that whole uh, the timing. Uh huh. Yeah, the mom's phone call and the duration mm-hmm. of what she said was her hot flash. Yeah, and how it all like aligned and how they had that thing before and yeah, the whole yeah, man, a lot of creepy stories today. Hmm. At this one, I mean, I don't know. I've I've never felt like oh something's wrong and then mm-hmm. had somebody call me. Hmm. But when I was a kid, I was like really unfortunate, but. We had like a series of, not like, we had a series of deaths in our family that were just one after mm-hmm. another. And I was always the one that got the phone call. And so you sort of have this built-in dread every time oh, the phone rings, yeah. you know, where it's you know, when my cousin was killed, right. you, you know, the phone rings in the middle of the night, you know, this is pre everyone having a cell phone. So mm-hmm. the house phone rings. So you're stumbling and like, I got that. And then the next one. And, then, and so you have this way of thinking for a long time, every time a phone rang, I just thought like, oh boy. You know, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't sound like she has that kind of history. It sounds like mm-hmm. she has a very weird, not weird, I, I mean, weird to me because I don't want this connection. I don't yeah. want my mom calling me saying like, hey, I was having a hot flash. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, a demon was trying to get me. <sighs> like, yeah. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. Fucking no, thanks. Yeah, it, it's all it's all a bit too much today. Yeek. Do you want to do some Annabelle shout outs? Something sure. something light and fun. 
I'll do some Annabelle shoutouts. Okay. Do you or, have them ready? Or do you want to psychically um, let Rafal know? Then he can do them. Oh, oh, that was that was weird. <laughs> I know, I know you guys have. I just wanted to. <laughs> that was strange. Are you jealous? Do you wish Maybe that you had that? Uh, no, I we're, we're connected enough. Yeah, we don't need to also be psychically connected. Oh my god, we're together so much. <laughs> if you were in my head also as well, that would oh just fucking push me over the edge. <laughs> okay, I want to thank uh, the following Annabelles for supporting us on Patreon: um, Matthew Williams, Nicole Kearns, Libby Notchtreeb, uh, Esperanza Clinton. Ethan Fuller. Uh, Ethan? Ethan. Ethan. You you wrote E-H-T-A-N. I think you flipped the T and the H. So I'm going to say Ethan. Oh, other yeah, than, sorry. Or Atan. <laughs> either, sorry, either, Ethan. Either Atan. No, I'm going to say Ethan Fuller. Uh, Elizabeth Pol- uh, Polstoffer. I love this. Obviously, this is not a real name. Just their uh, oh, this patron. Is great. Buzzsaw Fisticuffs. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Well done. Uh, Margaret Brubaker. Devin Gleason. And Bobby Lingerfeld. Very nice. I would like to thank my Annabelle's, mm-hmm. not yours. Jimmy Fox, mm-hmm. Kim Milford, James Addis, John Rogg, Jessica Parsons, Jason Mark Erickson, Jennifer White, Tiffany Palmer, Katrina Cliff, Daniel Leto, or Leto, I'm going to go with Leto, and a big Annabelle shout out to Amy from Joe. Uh, Her husband bought her this as a wedding gift, which I think is so cute. They got married in the middle of the pandemic, and this was her wedding present. Annabelle status. Oh, that's awesome. That's so so cool. Yes. And then, of course, I have a few spooky shout outs Mm -hmm. uh, to Nikolai from Dell. Happy belated birthday and anniversary to Lexi from, um, I'm sorry. To Lexi and Court from Holly, happy engagement. To Shy from Nate, sending a bit of love. To Amanda from Cody, another bit of love. And to Dana from Billy, also lots of love. <laughs> happy birthday to Jocelyn from your mom, Chelsea. That is awesome. That's it. I love the um, the parent-child mm-hmm, connection. Me too, me too. It's, it's super special. It's so cool. We were with our Dan's sister, so my sister-in-law, and our nephew this weekend, and he loves the show like he's well, shout out to emerson 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 hale we love you buddy oh my god he's so stinking cute i can't handle it he's like <laughs> he's wearing the shirts he's got the hat he's got his duffel bag <laughs> meanwhile like our kids are like hmm, whatever and nah, we, but, yeah, yeah but donna over, and that's fine no, they, that's not their thing it's yeah. fine i love how you defend them every time i say that i'm like it's fine they just don't give a shit about what right. we do yeah it's normal for kids to not care about their parents job yeah but i love that him and donna listen to it together mm-hmm. it's yeah. so cute yep very 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 cool okay that's and, all. and i and by and ever since you said lido uh-huh. i cannot get boss gags out of my head oh i think i think the song is lido, lido? shuffle lido oh, 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 oh that's okay when you were saying one more time i don't know the words i saw nice. the melody uh-huh um remember when we saw boss gags in concert yeah remember when concerts were a fucking thing i do yeah um no when you were talking about dice road and then you were talking about other roads then i had allison road in my head oh okay who sings uh, yeah i know that song uh, gin blossoms i don't know question mark that's not right well that's our show for today uh it was an interesting one it was a unique one it was a lot of things thank you for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror to my story at scared to death podcast.com and for emailing us for everything else at info at scared to death podcast.com thanks to logan keith uh, social media and for doing the bad magic merch.com merch design and uh liz hernandez also for doing the uh the, the socials as well now mm-hmm, yeah and um yeah, thanks to Sophie Evans for story curation. If you have any problems with merch, store at badmagicproductions.com. And thanks to Joe Paisley for producing and directing today. 
Zach Cohen for custom soundbed creation, Heather Rylander for organizing the My Story emails. And uh, please subscribe to Bad Magic Productions on YouTube if you want to watch. Yes, please. If you want to see the pictures, at least, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Scared to Death Podcast. And we have a private Facebook group if you want more uh, to meet more horror lovers. Yeah, it's really cool in there, actually. Like, yeah. if you're looking for, like, if, if there's an episode that you were like, oh, hey, what episode was that? Mm-hmm. There are people in there who will know it much faster than we'll know yeah. it or get back to you quicker. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we try our best. Uh, Creeps and Peepers is the group. Yeah, yep. it's really cool. Like, various, like, oh, hey, have you seen this horror movie? I mean, it's just yeah. all about horror. So if you're looking for a break from the rest of the world, yeah. it's a good place to go. And Liz Hernandez moderates that uh, also. Yeah, she does a great job. Does a great job. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you don't want to hear more ads, if you want bu- monthly bonus episodes, check out our Patreon. Get the entire catalog ad-free and more. And uh, enjoy your nightmares, creeps and peepers. Hope you were scared to death. Don't forget your crystals. If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through, but has no home here within scared to death. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big. 